Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Black Expat Experience, a live podcast highlighting the lived experiences of Black expats around the world. I'm Kendall Tyson, your host, licensed therapist and fellow Black expat. I'm back in Beijing, home from vacation, and we have another phenomenal episode in store for you today, and I would like to welcome Ashley Shepard to the show. Hi, Ashley. Hi, how are you? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. I hardly get that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are so excited to have you on the show today. And I definitely want to give you an opportunity to kind of give us like your elevator pitch, um, who you are, you know, where are you in the world and what does that look like? Like, how are you living your life right now? Right. So I am Ashley Sharon. Actually, I got married two years ago. Oh, I'm so my... sorry. Sharon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The thing says Shepherd. Let me get it right. Yeah. On all of my uh, logins, it says Shepherd. So so you are right. Uh, and okay. I still use it here to this day here in Dubai. So um, I got married a few years ago. Um, and um, legally here in this country, I am Ashley Shepherd. So <laughs> um, I've been in Dubai or Abu Dhabi, I should say, for six years now. Wow. Um, this is my 15th year in education, and I'm just living life here in the UAE. Um, it is home away from home. Um, it's my first international stop, and I just love it. Oh, love my goodness. Well, first off, congratulations. Thank um, you. <laughs> so you'll have to send me the appropriate spelling of your upgraded yes. name <laughs> um, so we can make sure all the marketing is correct. But For okay. sure. So interesting. So you're in Abu Dhabi. Yes, Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, six years, 15 years of education. Your story sounds very similar to mine. Um, yeah. First international birth in China. Um, I just yeah. started my sixth year. This I just started my 16th year in education. Uh, not wow. married yet. Hopefully that happens soon. We'll see about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but oh my gosh. So I love it. And I'm curious about when did you know that you were open to going abroad and that you were actually going to put some footwork behind making that happen? Right. So for years, 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 like in my 20s, I had this idea of, okay, I'm going to go and like at least study abroad or I'm going to go teach English in Korea. I had a lot of friends that were leaving the States and just doing different abroad opportunities. And so um, I, those, those, those dreams of going during university kind of got crushed. Um, I switched majors several times. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, what really is my focus? And so I actually finalized my, my final major, which was in education, um, graduated and um, went to grad school and just life, life, right? So I, I the, the whole abroad idea was in the back of my brain. A little bit of background knowledge about me is that I am a military brat. So Ooh. I grew up, I grew up in Germany um, when I was younger. Yeah, so I was in Germany from when I was around one until I was around five. Okay. And my dad was in the army, moved to North Carolina. Um, I was originally, well, I'm so I was born in Detroit, moved to Germany right after I was born, um, moved to North Carolina, and then I call myself a Texas native because I was um, I, I moved to Texas when I was around seven years old. So I call Texas home. It is home, Colleen, Texas. Um, and then I spent my my um, majority of my 
uh, 20s living in Dallas. So I call Dallas home as well. Okay. Um, so I had the I had the itch to go abroad. I wasn't nervous, you know. I wasn't um, uh, it it wasn't anything that was like a like a big thing for me. Um, but it was just a wondering of like how, like you said, the footwork of it. Yeah. So then, um, around year nine, I got the itch to leave Dallas altogether. Um, and I was like, all right, you know, I'm 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 having this this need to go somewhere and where is it? I don't know, but I want to just change scenery. And it wasn't anything. It was just, I had hit just a career wall in the organization that I had worked in at the time. I worked for a charter school. Um, and I had hit this wall of like, also, all right, dating, dating, dating life here in Dallas is not all that great. So can I leave and kind of figure out things I somewhere know. else? Right. So um, then I had um, dinner with a friend that knew of someone that lived here in, in Dubai, in the UAE. And so I said, that's interesting because I had always thought that it, it was only an opportunity to go to China or to Korea. I had never known that anyone was here teaching in the UAE, let alone anyone that was Black. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's lots of Black people. Exactly. So <laughs> I had no clue. So she was telling me about all these things, events and um, just life here and how safe the country is and how, you know, it is the Middle East though at the end of the day, um, but the quality of life, the salary packages were amazing. And so I just applied. I applied um, later on because, you know, uh, the international hiring season right. typically starts in October. Right. So I started to apply probably around January after Christmas. And so um, I applied to certain positions I went through um, an agency, so they were giving me different jobs, and I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> some of the locations, some of the job descriptions were very um, interesting, and I went into this not really having anybody by my side, so I joined yeah. a Facebook group, and then the Facebook group was able to tell me yes, no, yes. no to this. Go here, go to tie online, go to search associates, go to those websites and those portals that will allow you to find a quality job. And so I was able to do that, um, got a few job offers, prayed about it. And I got the current school that I'm at now late in the game around May of 2018. They called me, um, went through some interview processes, literally sold everything in my apartment packed up everything, moved with my mom for a few months or for a few weeks, around a month perhaps. And then I flew to the UAE and I've been here ever since. So that's, that's my journey. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. It sounds so similar to mine. Oh my God. And I feel not about me, but I'm just saying, Oh, I feel the connection. Um, yeah. yeah. When I tell you when I was, so I was in Houston mm -hmm. um, and it was like, the third year of my first counseling position and it was a ooh, that that job I learned a lot I grew but it was not without hidden wounds and I'll tell you I was like okay I know I'm moving I know I'm leaving I had already resigned I ain't know where I was going like I know I'm leaving I never do that you know black people don't leave no job when I have another yeah. job, we just don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Under the rest, you hear me? Um, <laughs> and I was like, I know I'm moving. Like, I know I'm leaving. Like, I know this is not what it's meant to be. And which makes it so, as I look back on hindsight, and I've been, you know, on Twitter a lot lately. And there's been so many posts about 
black women dying at work and just all the stress from being working in education and then higher academia and just a lot of stuff that I think you know we experience on a day-to-day basis that makes yeah. life a bit more challenging and luckily friends that I had who had already gone abroad they were like okay this is year two we've been trying to get you over here let's make this thing happen interviews boom 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 I literally got the job on my mom's birthday which let me know okay this is for you right I had no fear about it no no like are you sure I was like nope I'm out because <laughs> I I knew it was something I didn't know it'd be a whole nother continent but right. it's like when you know you know and oh, yes. I'm wondering like what has thriving if you were to uh, just sit back and kind of reflect on thriving back in the U.S. And Texas is, for all intents and purposes, a pretty good place to live. I pray we get different leadership. Lord knows, because it could be a great <laughs> place. <laughs> it could be a phenomenal place to live. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if you were to think about, like, thriving in Dallas. No, Colleen. Dallas. Dallas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dallas. And now you compare that six years later to upgraded thriving in Abu Dhabi, what would you share? Like, what do you notice? Um, I think that I would notice just quality of life. Um, I think that I am, when I say quality of life, I think about all aspects such as like, just my job, like you just talked about my job itself. Um, I feel like socially um there's more of an opportunity for me to connect on a deeper level i feel like in the states people are so busy and going and i and i mean i'm i'm a part of that right like of like just hanging out with my family and not really truly building community when you're overseas you have to be intentional about building your community about building friendships and everything and so i think um going back to the job um aspect is that i feel like i truly grew as an educator being here so um it's a little good and a little little bad so like you know coming to a school that you have people from different different areas and different right. pedagogy ideas and um it was interesting because it allowed me to know oh wow like I actually am grateful for the training that I had previously to coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I am, you know, very knowledgeable. Like I, you know, I felt like I had a lot of imposter syndrome in the States and then coming here, I felt like I was appreciated. I felt like I, my, my knowledge was um, taken as a, not as a threat, but as a asset. reminder or right. yeah, or like, or, or as an asset. Um, I felt like, yeah, but at the same time, it was difficult. Difficult having conversations with 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 coworkers that may not have the same. I mean, we're speaking the same language, but it's tomato and t- tomato tomato. So I have a lot of um, coworkers from the UK, a lot of coworkers from Canada, and we're all saying the same things. But we all work at a, at, a, at an American Common Core school. So at the end of the day, we are teaching these state standards, right? Right. Um, the, the standards. So. I felt like that thriving in my job aspect has has really helped me to not second guess myself. Um, I felt I feel more empowered being here. I feel more supported being here. Um, I know in the states it was really hard to, um, you know, sometimes speak in a room full of people because it was like, oh, she's being aggressive, or oh, she's, uh, you know, she's not necessarily. Um, 
knowledgeable. I'm going to play her. I'm going to say what I, you know, I'm going to, the microaggressions and stuff. And so coming here was, was, was more so of like, wow, you have knowledge. Can you speak about that? Can you do this PD for me? Or can you, you know, come meet with this team? I remember when I first came, I was actually pitched to go and do a literacy cohort. I traveled the world for two years um, and became a literacy um, coach um, because I was came to and say, hey, you have this knowledge and and we want it, you we we want you to utilize it here at our campus. Yeah. So I want you to go take this experience. And so I traveled to Bangkok, I traveled to Oman, I traveled to um I can't even think right now. Um, uh, India. I didn't go to China, I was gonna say China, but uh India. So I had a cohort of it was around 15 of us and I traveled with them for two years to different international schools all over. Wow. Um, yeah, through NISA. So it was it was a really great experience for me to have, but I was pitched to come do this because they said, "Hey, you have this knowledge, and we want to 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 hone it. We want to craft it." So um, I think just being able to kind of get that different side of of work has been so beneficial for me over the years, and I'm just so grateful for it. And then socially, just like being able to meet people from all over the world, like you know, when you move from the from the U.S., um, and I can say for me, I was very um, I was very, um, can't think of the word, not immature, but I was very, um, naive, naive. Yes. And I was very closed minded to the world outside of the U S and it sounds so bad. And like I had, I had conversations no. with friends too. And I'm like, I'm like, we're so not brainwashed, but we are so closed off to the rest of the world growing up in America yeah. and being able to have these conversations <laughs> with my African friends and, you know, listening to their perspective on apartheid, you know, like different things that I did not ever learn or right. know about as an educator. I was just like, why do I not know this? And so with that part of thriving socially, it's also something that I have, I've, I'm so grateful for it. I'm so I'm 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 now more aware of 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 the world globally than ever than before. I am I am I love all this for you. Like it it feels really good to hear you live the recognition of like your skills, right? It feels so good to hear that others have seen like the the fruit of what you have toiled for, cried about, uh, yeah. been frustrated about, you know, really have tried to hone your skills and things. And then to be able to go to another continent, another country, school, and people see it immediately. It is, an, it is another, <clears throat> it does something for your self-esteem and it kind of is like a okay, I am not the problem. Even though I knew then I wasn't the problem, this is like <laughs> confirmation that I'm not the issue. <laughs> the system is the issue. And you know, as I say this, that certainly doesn't mean that working in international schools as a knowledgeable, outspoken black woman cannot be problematic because it can be hella problematic. Hey. Let me just be honest. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, it, it still has been problematic sunshine and butterflies Ooh. but as a whole i can't complain <laughs> yeah because first of my like here in china my housing covered you know yeah sure yeah and travel exactly. the world uh which i'm doing next week i'm gone mm -hmm. for a week um oh, awesome. 
workshop opportunities, the opportunity to up your part, your professional profile within your school, coast, you know, ecosystem, and then internationally is what I absolutely love. So it just yeah. sounds as if you're able to like dial up yeah. the things that maybe there was a desire for you to do back home. However, we know people's egos and things really can play a part in us being able to move forward. And again, it doesn't mean it's not present in an international school because it is, but it like, is. It is. It's, it's very present and I hate to stop. I, I hate the typecast. We'll save that for another part of the conversation. Um, I want to ask you, I like some, some things that came up with what you shared earlier are really foundational to the work as a, a licensed clinician, a school counselor, educator that I do and focus a lot on. And <clears throat> it is really recognizing how important our cultural differences are, you know, the effects of imposter syndrome and not necessarily through the lens of, am I good enough? but also through the lens of the system is structured in a way that makes me, that I respond to maybe not feeling good enough, right? Because of maybe who's in leadership or who's not, uh, maybe whose voices are the loudest um, and those who dissent the most, um, maybe through what does our population look like and how does that help me grow as a professional? So, really honing in on how did you recognize that you may have been, I think you said this more so back in the States than here or where you are in Abu Dhabi. How do you heal from that? Ooh. I know it's girl. Listen, I'm loaded. Like I'm, I'm, there's so many ways I'm still healing from that. Yes. Um, I'm, there are moments, like you said, that I that I have flashbacks when something happens. Cause like you said, it's not all sunshine where I'm at. Yeah. But I can't complain. And it's a lot better than where I was before. Yeah. So I'm forever grateful. Um I think truly being able to tap into um my mental health is one thing that I am able to do. Um to be able to maintain any type of presence of, if I do pop up with imposter syndrome, because it still happens, right? Like if something pops up that makes me feel um, less than, I really focus on my my well-being, um, finding different things or different ways or different strategies that I can use um, to help me get through. Um, because I think that this will forever be a thing, right? Um, of us, of us black women having to uh, work twice as harder than anyone else um, to continue to prove ourselves. I was in a meeting last week <laughs> and I can think about the strategies that I've used in order to help myself get through. Yeah. Um, also guard my mental health as well as is something that I've 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 done or strategies I've learned over the years to help me um push through. I think also thinking about the gratitude side of things. Yeah. Um, it's something that also I, I rely on heavily. Um, I do believe in a higher being. I am, I I'm, um, Christian. So I do rely on that quite a lot yeah. to get me through. 
um, Bible verse right on my laptop. I'm going into that meeting and I'm like, you know what? Listen. I got to get and I have to Both have a for it. Yes. <laughs> so I think my faith also kind of pushes me through some of those moments as well. Um, but I, I think it's it's always a a constant thing, right? That that you are pushed to go back into that space of the microaggressions, to go back into that space of imposter syndrome, um, but also know that it's getting better and yeah. and you're able to kind of like depend on that that um gratefulness and that gratitude, I should say, and then um also just your relationship with whoever you believe, whatever higher being you believe in. Yeah, I like all of those really practical ways in which to engage with like yourself and prioritize mental health, you know, how you're connecting your your higher source, you know, whomever, whatever that may look like, all of those, what we call like the spokes of wellness um, community for sure. Um, yes. You did touch on something earlier about being really intentional about just kind of widening the aperture of connection. Um, and the people mm. in your life. And I'm, I'm curious, like, what would you share? What subject do you teach? I teach everything. So I teach grade four. So I teach, okay. I teach primary right now. How did the parents respond to you? I'm always interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> you know I what? Know. <laughs> you know what? I have had our parent population and I'm and I and it seems like it's all butterflies and sunshine but I will say our parent population is actually like I've had supportive wonderful parents <gasps> I think what I do is that I always set the stage and I always I, 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 I always tell them my philosophy so we always talk back to school night and I say I lead with three things I lead with my my heart my hands and my head I said I leave with my heart because it's going to be anything I do is going to be rooted in compassion with your children yeah. And my hands is always going to be, I'm always going to make them work hard. We're always going to think through things, but logic steps in, right? And that logic means we have consequences sometimes if we fall out of line. So I'm always going to do everything with compassion, but at the end of the day, the logic will be a consequence, or I may have to take recess away, or I may have to do something, you know, that kind of resets the tone in the classroom. Um, so parents are automatically know I'm, I'm, I'm fun, but I'm also strict at the same time. And so I really push forward to set that stage at the beginning of every school year. Um, but outside of that, um, I, I haven't necessarily had any, um, any bad interactions with parents. I'm also a parent teacher. So I'm like, you, you email me at 11, I'll email you back in the morning. Like, I know I have someone's baby in my class. So I think it's my mindset of, that parents need to be in the loop at all times. I'm really big with communication. Um, so I haven't necessarily had any, any bad interactions. I will say that I'm at a completely American school. So I am servicing, I'm part of an embassy connected school. Okay. Um, so a lot of the parents are familiar. A lot of their right. children have educ educators in the past. You know, you have your one or two parents that are little, you know, look crazy, you know, well, I wouldn't say crazy, but, um, that are a little excessive, I should say. Right. Uh, right. So you kind of have to have, yeah, you kind of have to have a come to Jesus at the beginning of the school year, like a little meeting of like, you know, I'm gonna hear you, but here are my stipulations, right? Like I'm not going to email you before 48 hours. 
You know, no. I'm not going to, you know, I'm give me some time, right? Like, I'm also going to be able to give your kid what they need, but also know I have 22 other students in my class, not just your kid, you know? So like I said, setting the stage quite a lot for these, for, for these families and just being very transparent. It has just been my always go-to, um, but just talking to other educators um, that are Black at my school, um, our parents are interesting, but nothing too alarming. Um, just good. really concerned. Um, most of our parents are oil uh, most of our parents are doctors working at the the Cleveland Clinic here. Most of our parents are embassy or or army, so they've moved quite a lot. Yeah. Um. So some of them, I have not been their first black educator. And, that, and that's so, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Like listening. I'm I'm sorry. I did not mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> okay. I. You know what? I, ch I chuckled because I I just knew it was like I, I had an under, a, a feeling that maybe it would be interesting. And it is really, like you mm -hmm. said, set the tone from the beginning. It's literally what I have to tell or I encourage, you know, people in my department, um, the other two count, other people in my department. It's like it is our job to set the narrative. Right. Other yeah. people have their misunderstandings about what we do. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you specifically what we do. And I'm going to show you through the work that we're doing in all facets of the school that this is what we are about. Like, And I love what you said. I hope I got it right. Leading with heart, hand, and compassion. Yeah. what Leading with heart, hand, head. Head. Okay. The three H's. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like that. You just gave me the title to your episode. <laughs> uh <-huh>. um, <laughs> And it's so something that I just find alarming is that we'll have students um, that have lived abroad most of their lives, and especially just that they're over there over in the Middle East, that they've had more exposure and connection with Black educators than some back in the States. I mm -hmm. find that to be, what's the right word? Perplexing. Mm -hmm. And one thing I'm really excited about and happy about is the students, some of the students abroad, especially depending on where you are geographically, because I know there's a huge population of Black people in like the Middle East. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy that these children and their families, they are inoculated into the culture, like into the realness of who we are, like stereotypes being debunked. Yes. Really beginning to build connections with you know, Black people that care for them, not media driven. And it really mm -hmm. helps to shape like their perspective and their understandings yes. and their empathy and the ability to really connect with others. And I'm like, I keep thinking. So I've been thinking like about, okay, do I want to stay in China? I was like, nah, I'm leaving. And then I made the decision to stay like, finish this year and at least stay another year. And I'm like, I love living international, but where else would I go? Right. Um, and I think about the Middle East a lot because it is it can be really hard being in a culture that fetishizes Blackness, but hates mm -hmm. Black people. And I'm speaking real general here. I have lots of friends of other ethnicities and culture that love me, right? And so I don't speak about those individual connections, but holistically like it's not that it is 
it's different. It's a bit more intense and insidious and some of the attitudes of some families where I am is how is she in charge? Hmm. Maybe because I am. Like, hmm. check my resume. And this is not even like tooth my horn, but God blessed me to do all the work to get here. Blood, sweat, hey. tears, undermining. Oh. I'm not even going to go into it to be here to help your child. So hmm. how about you widen your perspective and recognize that we're here to help your child learn to empathize with others. Stop saying nigga. Hmm. Um, so that they can go to college and thrive. Can we do that? Mm. <laughs> I, mm. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, what do you think about the future of getting more black people abroad? I think it's, I think it's, I think it's widely more, um, known about now, I yeah. think with social media, um it is a thing you know you have your black and abroad facebook i mean instagram website that kind of you know shares about how you can go to travel to countries and know yeah. you won't get kidnapped no or no you know things because you know that's our you. thing don't don't go don't go over there they're gonna snatch you up girl my daddy say that every trip i take I'm that's like, my mom take me. my mom <laughs> But I think that it's more widely known about now. Um, and I see more people at least just like not living, but at least traveling more, yeah. you know? Um, and so them being able to go and travel and see that it's not all bad and that this could probably potentially be a place that they can they can live. Um, right. I had a friend that was so, so, so against against moving. She's like, I want to stay here. Um, you know, she has a, a son. Her son is around age, single mom. And, um, you know, I was chatting with her last year and she's just like, I don't know, I can't leave my family. I can't, you know, I can't leave my, my security net. And, and she's also an educator. Right. And I was like, I get it. I live by myself. And I know that you have that added pressure of having, having a little one. I I didn't have that, that added pressure. Um, but I told her about other friends that I know that are here in the UAE, single parents thriving. Yes. God has more board stamps than than people in their family, you know? Okay. So um, I always say that um, you don't know until you try right? and you have to also research, do a lot of research. And, um, but I do think that it's widely known. Like whenever I go home and sit down with family and cousins and they're like, yeah, yeah, I heard about this place. I want to go to, I saw your picture from here. Tell me more about this. Do you have an itinerary now? And so I think it's more of widely accepted and known about um, for others to to move, I I think my my whole idea with my social with with my social media page that I have now is to get teachers to move um, abroad, and it's for teachers to know that like there's quality life um, outside of the U.S. educational system. Um, you know, I think a lot of educational systems have their similarities, and it's like okay, I'm over this, yeah. <laughs> but the core of what it is. Um, you can live a quality life. You can live tax-free income. You can live someone paying your bills, but still, you know, dealing with the things, all the things of having a job, Yeah. but you can live that quality life. You know, healthcare, like you mentioned earlier, like phenomenal. Like I have another story a little later on about how yeah. healthcare has also impacted my life here as well that I would never be able to have in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so being able to just encourage people to know that there's, quality life like yes you will be leaving your family but we have social media we have we have um, all the 
platforms now, Zoom and Google Meet and WhatsApp. All these, yeah, WhatsApp. And then you do have times to where you can just go and spin a stint, especially if you're in education, you know, go home for two months, you know, during the summer or yeah. go home for Christmas. You know, they do give you that quality time off and finding those times to just go and connect with family, but and also knowing that you're going to come and you're going to live a quality life outside yeah. the U.S. As well. um, so, yeah. I appreciate that. I And I even tell people, like, I'm telling you, once you, once you kind of settle in knowing, all right, I'm making the decision to uproot myself. Once you're settled in it, it's not as daunting, right? Now, adjusting is, it can be challenging. Um, and hopefully the school or whatever entity they're going to work for has a process of onboarding that helps connect them and keep them connected and sharing information and finding housing, which makes that you know adjustment process easier, that onboarding process easier. And those are questions that people need to be asking think, when yeah. they're interviewing. Yeah. And I'm, I, I always encourage, because folks don't really think about the whole mental health aspect of moving abroad. And I'm like, well, a lot of y'all are leaving because you're running from something. So that's a mental health issue right there. So let's 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 be moving toward as opposed to Hold running something. from. Let's shape right. that, let's let's shift that perspective first. And then yeah. when you get there, there are just very real realities that you are gonna have to contend with, like sitting with yourself a lot, because loneliness is baked into being an expat. Yes. And it's like, how do you cultivate loneliness in a way that is helpful um, and not going to be harmful to you? So mm-hmm. that is something that I try to get people to understand is what is your motivation in right. these different you know, aspects of possibly moving abroad, being there and thriving? Because there's no point in you doing all this work just to survive. And there will be elements of survival. Don't get me wrong. Um, But it's people have to be, they got to recognize like it's a it's a big decision and it's not one to be taken lightly. Like you gotta be practical, you have to be objective. Um, but there's so many benefits. Like, and when you get abroad, you are not gonna be worried about. I need to be around my mama. Cause if you go home, mm-hmm. too much, you're going to be itching to hop on a plane and go somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> I cannot be home for more like two weeks without, okay, I need a trip. Like what, what am I doing? <laughs> this is so fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. Huh. <laughs> I, it, I, it is, but you said it, you don't know until you try. And there are so many ways to come abroad and work for a reputable, if you want to do education, a reputable yeah. school, because getting in the right place is key. Um, it is. Because linking up with more challenging spaces can make your time a bit more uh, difficult to adjust to. Um, I'm curious about, so you shared something about you know, medical or things of that nature. And I'm curious about, you know, well, I have two questions. So one question is, as you're sitting and reflecting and we're engaging in this amazing dialogue, what has been something that you've been the most proud of since making this move? Um, I think, like I said earlier, like I'm just really proud that I'm I'm now more globally minded. Yeah. Um, I think that I am, I'm very proud of, the idea of of being able to to be here for so long and and not you know I've had friends that 
aren't in reputable schools, honestly. And it has been challenging for them. Um, So I think that I, I have, I'm proud that I've, I've been able to, and, you know, I, I, I also went through a stint of loneliness of, you know, I went through all of the fields when I first came, like my first week, they dropped me off in an empty apartment and I boohoo cried. I boohoo cried for like two weeks. And I was like, what did I do? I moved to the Middle East. I heard, I heard the call of prayer going off three times a day. And I was like, what? Like, what is this? What is this? Right. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm more so proud of my, of my, like I said, my, um, just being able to sustain for so long. Um, there have been moments where I'm like, you know what, I'm going home. Like I can't, yeah. I can't do this. And then I think about the adult in me of saying like, no, you're like, this is this, you, it's, it, it's not a bad day or it's not a bad week. It's probably just a bad week or no, it's not a bad day. What's the saying? It's not a bad day. It's not day, like a bad month like, or life. It's just a bad day. Or, or like, not like a bad month, bad life. And you're going to yeah, have those kinda days. Like, re- reel it back. Bring it back yeah, down. Yeah, reel it back in. It's not that serious. But at the same time, also thinking about, like I said, just the benefits of everything. So I'm just more so proud of, of sustaining. I did have um, a wrench thrown in. My husband, me and him got married. This is our third year. And so I had that idea of like, should we go back home? You're right. Should I go back home or should should we stay? And so that was an added layer of, wow, like he's here now. He had never lived outside of the U.S. Um, And it was, it was interesting for us. It was our first year of marriage and he was going through some things such as grief and other, other feelings and emotions, which kind of added on to me. So we were like, should we go back home? We're going to go back home. Um, But I think the idea of just sustaining and being here for so long. And now I know this place, like the back of my hand and it's home and I love it, you know, but you know, as anywhere you live, it's like, Oh, these things annoy me, but I can get over it though. Like yeah. I can get over it. Yeah. I think also my idea now understanding how to be more flexible. I was not flexible before I left the U S it was very, I was very rigid and it was like, this is what it is. I don't, I can't, I can't deal with this. And so I'm proud of my mindset shift of being flexible, of um, persevering and yeah. not letting the, the little things shake me up. And just also being open to the <clears> idea <throat> of flex, like things yeah. are not going to go as planned and I'm not going to melt down like I used to back in the day because living abroad is build you up to be like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> This is happening now. I got to switch my mindset. I had, you know, it's, right. it's the saying of like, it's the saying of like, tell God your plans and he laughs at you, you know? So it's like having that, that You're idea. You're laughing at me, child. Like, what? <laughs> Same. <laughs> but being more flexible, open-minded. Yeah. To different things that are going to go differently than, than how I planned. Yeah. Is, is big. I mean, language barrier here was bad when I first came and I was like, I can't even get food delivery. What's happening? Like, yeah. I, I can't I can't talk to people. And then I realized, okay, this is how you speak. Speak with no, yeah. like I have talking to a friend. She was like, speak with no um, adjectives or something like that. She was like, just speak verbs. All verbs, speak it, and then you will get what you need. And so- really? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, because if, if you speak too much, like for delivery drivers and different things here, they kind of get lost in it. And it's just like, right. I need this. You know, and it was it was a pretty pretty tough language barrier. Although English is widely widely known here, um, it's still kind of difficult sometimes here. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the same in China as well of people kind of understanding you, you getting what you he need. He can't sometimes. understand them. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> like, and I'm taking classes and I'm like, okay, Ooh, right. I, <clears throat> I love languages, but learning simplified Chinese has been a whole nother exercise in like fortitude. And I'm kind right. of at the point now where I'm like, okay, I know enough basic stuff to be able to get around, order food, show deference and gratitude. I'm not trying to have a long, drawn out conversation. Now, see, when I move to Portugal, I'm going, I'm going to learn Portuguese, start learning Portuguese like a year before. But yeah. it's like, I, I, I've, I've resigned myself and I accept my level of <laughs> yeah. Chinese at this point. Um, exactly. I okay, so something you said just kind of hit home for me. That idea of flexibility. And when you think about, I know you expounded upon some ways that you've recognized you've had to be, be flexible. I wonder, do you believe like any of these opportunities for growth would have been present had you stayed home? No. I I was I was sitting in my comfort at home. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, you when you're comfortable, you never really grow. And I was never looking for opportunities to grow. It was just like, what what's familiar to me? You know, before I had actually even applied to um, overseas, I was thinking of moving to D.C. I was like, I want to move somewhere where I see a lot of us thriving. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and it was, you know, I had spent my my New Year's there with friends and I had been there for the summers and um, and it was Right. I love, I love DC. I love the DMV area in general. And so I was like, I'm going to move there, but I had this feeling that I'm, 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 I would never, I would still be comfortable. I would be super comfortable, you know? And I think when you, when you sit in that comfort, it doesn't allow you to grow. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, I think that if I were to, to stay, I think I would have probably some different realities, but overall, um, I think moving here has definitely taught me way more about flexibility and resilience than I can ever imagine. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's it's kind of like you don't know some things. It's like the Johari window. You don't know like the things that you are aware of. I gotta I gotta pull up the the graphic, but like you don't know what you don't know. And until right. you put in certain situations, those particular aspects of your life and and personality and things aren't able to be honed and fleshed out and really tended to until they're able to be exercised and I think that and I wonder what you think like moving abroad there's so much that you learn about yourself in such a rapid amount of time that you kind of got to get yourself together or it's like over um and I'm I'm curious, like when you think about like something, something I find to be very important is community. And I, you know, for myself, I found that having a chosen family, choosing people to be a part of your family abroad, you know, for me personally, has gone swimmingly and wonderfully well and terribly bad. And yes. I think like <laughs> in this phase of my life, this iteration of my time here, God has truly blessed me to have cultivated a community of people that see me, care for me, love me, support me. And it's funny because literally all of them are married, which I'm like, okay, is that like a precursor guy? Come on now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it is so I'm not gonna say anything is impossible but if we're talking about thriving being mentally well and connected and being able to just live an abundant life healthy community is paramount so what Mm -hmm. has that looked like for you as you have like chosen and cultivated and excised you know people in your community space abroad Yeah. So when I first came, um, you were talking about an onboarding experience earlier and my school's really good at at onboarding. That's good. It was like, I was never alone. Um, I think that I pushed some people away a bit because I was, I was new to this whole international living thing, you know, here in the Middle East. Um, Also, I'm naturally introverted. So I'm not a person that will um, you know, uh, initiate things. And yeah. so I'm kind of like, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. So it was quite difficult the very first year. And although I did have people that were, were like, Hey, let's come out, let's go out. And I was like, no, 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 no. So then I met or uh, the next summer I came back to Abu Dhabi and it was bad. Cause I had, um, I was dating my now husband at the time and I had just left him. And I was like, I'm going to come back to this of like not hanging out on the weekends of, not um you know feeling feeling like i've 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 been so secluded that now if i ask people to hang out maybe they'll be like oh she's acting funny or right. whatever now you want to come around like come yeah, on. now you want to come around so i was like, <laughs> I felt like i had slightly like burned bridges a bit so i was like yeah. no ashley you have to have community so i randomly went on sisters of Ab- brothers and sisters of abu dhabi and i was like hey i was like does anyone like to read books is there a book club around so Right. So randomly, like all these women like commented under and usually people don't chat at all on brothers and sisters of Abu Dhabi. It's like, it's rare. Um, So people reply back. And I had this one girl um, and she's, and she hopped in my DMs and she's like, let's set up something. She's like, there is no book club that we know that that is, you know, with like-minded black women. So let's do this thing. And so literally a month later, she set it up and I met 15 of the most amazing black women oh, here in Abu Dhabi. I love, I love and it was like it was it it was like a a floodgate that opened up and when I tell you the support, the love, the happy hours, the they threw me a bridal shower. Oh. Um I spent Christmas with one a few like last last Christmas so like those friendships were something that I, and those meetings, I said, I, I should say in itself, because although all of us were cordial, all of us weren't very, very close. Right. So I was more close to others than, than, than um, usual, you know, that usually happens. You have a group of women and you probably just connect more to one than, than the others, but right. just love in itself. Whenever I came to those meetings, it was like, it was always very therapeutic to kind of talk about life and to talk about not just our lives, you know, in the past, we talk about currently, like how we're feeling about being black here in Abu Dhabi and just being able to have a safe space is something that I was very, very, to this day, we've dwindled down a lot because a lot of us have moved out back home to the U.S., to Saudi, mm-hmm. a lot of us have moved. So we were just texting last week and we were like, we have to meet because we're, we're dwindling down. Um, and so I meet with them every once in a while, but when I do, it is just love. It's love and it's a release of everything. It's a connection. Um, and I'm very grateful for it. I think on the flip side too, um, my school has now been um, adding adding more of us, adding more of us. We are I'm getting the value. 
listen, so we actually had our first meetup Friday night. Oh, and when I congratulations. It was a celebration. Loved it was it. a celebration. Yes. And so um, we met up together to love on each other as well and to dance and have good food. We had uh, one of my coworkers, she was a DJ and it was a whole vibe. I invited my husband. My husband actually doesn't work at the same school as me. So okay. that's, another that's probably good. <laughs> yeah. And he's also an educator as well. So he <laughs> came and they loved on him and they accept him. And so, you know, when it's, when it's us, it's, it's a whole vibe. Yeah. And um, so I receive love and support from them. I'm not really close with a lot of them, but when we see each other, we support each other. And that's what's, what's, what's important. I know if I do go to them about something, I know that I'll have their support in a second. Right. A lot of them work in high school. I work in primary, so I never see them. So we just right. don't really have that kind of connection. Um, and then um, I also have church people that I that I go. So I go to church every Sunday. And so I know people at church. We're not very close either, but I know when I see them, it is all love and everything too. Um, and so, yeah, I have, I have kind of all of those small communities that I can go and release and receive support from when I need, when I yeah. need it. Um, I just sometimes have to push myself because I am super, super introverted. And some, some weekends I'm like, I don't want to do nothing. I just want to sit on the couch. <laughs> that's um, but, charge. Yeah. So, so just being intentional about making those connections has been something that I have had to force myself to do. And like I said, it hasn't been great. I've had some friendships that I'm like, oh no, you got to go. Um, and <laughs> I've had some 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 wonderful friendships that's like you are probably a lifelong friend that I'll have right, forever. Right. Um, because you get me, you vibe me, you love me, you see me, as you were saying earlier, you see who I am and I see who you are. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful So um I do have some of those hand like handful of friends that, that I that I feel like the same thing of I know they have me mentally, I know they have me spiritually. Um, and, um, yeah. And the majority of my friends are also married too. I was kind of on the outside for a while too. I was like, I was like, dang, right. I'm the TT but, to everybody. They, hey, TT, yeah, but they still hey, love baby. Me. <laughs> but they still love me. They still, yes. you know, invited me over for Thanksgiving and stuff. I was the single, yes. you know, auntie in the corner, yes. you know? Um, but it was all love and it's always been just love with us. And I think that that's the most important thing. Um, and it has really helped me to, to grow, um, and to thrive here. If I didn't have these communities, I don't think that I would, I would still be here. Yeah. Like, I'm so, I love that for you. Like, I really do. Especially when you have like your moments of difficulty. I mean, even though like I'm a licensed clinician, I know I struggle with seeking help. Like most people do whenever we're going through difficult moments. And yeah. so with the weather changing, uh, and I have to prepare myself for this because like literally every year around November, like the seasons change, we get into winter. I get seasonal defect, affective disorder. Like I get seasonal depression, literally every, it's like clockwork. And during those moments, I find it very hard to, to just thrive. Um, some days get out of bed, like literal depression. And it is nothing like, having friends that have recognized, all right, she's been too quiet. What's yep. going on? Exactly. I need to check in. I need to be a little bit more forceful with her at this point because I know what she shared happens to her around this time. And for someone, people that may be more introverted or someone like me that really does struggle to share what's happening if moments are difficult or 
those people, and I, I can say this is probably me too, that really have a hard time opening up because some people who you've trusted don't show up for you. So then it's like, what's the point? <laughs> I'm, gonna, exactly. I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to say battle through. I'm going to suffer through. Um, mm-hmm. Alone, I just, whoever's watching this, I just really want you to know you cannot do that. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to be healthy mentally, you cannot do that. You cannot do it. You have to allow. Someone said this to me the other, like a few weeks ago, it, because my, I've had like stuff happen in my family uh, in the last few months and it's just been difficult. And someone said, you have to allow people to demonstrate that they do care for you and they will show up. It is risky, but you have to allow them to show you that. Um, And it's, when you sit and think about it, it is all about being flexible and taking a risk and really putting your heart out there. But in order to do well abroad, these are things that you have to be able to work through and trust yourself, right? That one, your intuition to to connect and collect good people isn't broken. Um, because another person's stuff is not about you. Yeah. So you'll have duds, but then you're gonna have those that you really, really, really gel with, like you said, those lifelong friends. I got friends that have moved all over the world and we stay connected. It's like you have to be intentional about being in people's lives if those people really matter to you. Um and I was listening to something you offered about how maybe you're not as close to everyone, which isn't healthy either, right? To We're not meant to be like good friends with everybody. We got to really right. recognize what do these people's roles play in my life and what role do I play in theirs? Like, I don't want to overestimate my importance to you. So sure. when we link up, it's all love. And do uh, y'all have yeah. affinity groups and stuff in your school? Is that something that y'all are leaning toward? What's an infinity group? Okay, so an affinity group is more so, well, maybe not. Okay, so it's more so for your marginalized populations to have a support network built into like the school. So where I am, we're gonna we're gonna start an affinity group for um black educators because there's not a large percentage of us, in fact. It's grown exponentially this year. Like last year, it was myself and another uh, friend of mine, a black guy in high school. That was it. And now we have maybe six or seven. So <laughs> that's a lot. Um, and yeah. then we have more in middle school, more in elementary. Um, so having that safe supporter space that you can go do things or just sit <clears throat> and have some real world conversations to kind of process how to work through difficult situations, I find to be really important. And maybe so for like Muslim students in my school, because we don't have, we have a growing population of Muslim students. And how do we begin to be culturally responsive to the growing populations of like our community? That is literally the foundation of the work that I do. Some people are on board and some people are like, I don't pay attention to those. Um, but <laughs> I know what you're saying when I, without you even saying it. Girl, listen, because you know, I, and I tell people this all the time, like someone said to me, there are far more people rooting for you than aren't. I'm like, well, can y'all speak up? Yeah. <laughs> can y'all speak up? Can y'all just, you know, I don't even need your recognition. I just say something positive about 
the things that you notice because those people that are wrong be super loud and they love to collect folks to try to change their thinking. So the ones that get it, the ones that are understand the mission and want to do the work, speak up. Like that is the only way to, that's one of the ways to change the culture of a school because it is right. nothing like coming into a school with a rotten culture. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Ooh, I would, I would, I would say, um, so for that purpose, yes, we do like, that's the, the meeting that I said I had on Friday of us okay. dancing and stuff. We do have a black, um, um, and it's not really marginalized per se, uh, of like other minority groups, but it's just a black American group that we do have at my school. There's around 15 of us now, oh, if, if not more, yeah, across elementary to high school. And, um, so we do find times to where we can meet. Now, last year we weren't as great and, and as intentional. And we mentioned that on Friday, we said we should meet way more often, <laughs> um, but we do, um, it is a safe space for us to just kind of comment in um, and check up on each other, send some, you know, send positive vibes um, or just to connect with each other. Um, people that have recently went through something difficult that we, that we know of, we're able yeah. to kind of text them on the side or whatever, because we're all in that same um, chat. And so we do have that um, to where we can, like I said, connect with each other um, and kind of share those similar experiences. Um, but the whole idea of talking about like actual support of us going through things, I don't think necessarily we have had that type of vibe. I, I would say, um, I think all of us are, and like I said, I, I I don't really connect with any of the people that are in high school, middle schools. I never see them. Um, and so we have to be a lot more intentional. I think this school year, and we mentioned that of just being there for each other during difficult times. Um, and it's just something that we have to work on as a group. Right. But yes, we do have a group um, and we try to meet up every once in a while. We're going to have our next meetup after New Year's, but we're thinking about doing something before that. Um, and so we have we were intentional about at least setting that up because we were like, all right, it gets the second semester and we kind of fade out. Yeah. But we need to kind of still be here and celebrate together and love on each other. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we have that group for sure. I love that. I think it it definitely has to happen no matter like where you are. Um, is finding the and that doesn't mean that all of us that look alike have similar lived experiences. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what they say, all skin folk and kin folk. So. And kin folk. <laughs> like, like, it's like, um, you're right. But it, it, it's kind of like, I'm going to give you the opportunity to prove me wrong, but I'm going to trust right. and see hopefully you might be right. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt first. And then exactly. it's on you. Um, yeah. So I have just a few more questions. Like, We've talked about the importance of Black community as a vehicle of thriving, right? And just being able to feel connected. Um, if you were to give like an elevator pitch, which is clear, literally what you said you were trying to do and would definitely share with me like the pursuits that you have to other like Black educators that want to come abroad, I wonder how would you describe the experience in a way that would pique the interest of someone that like us knows that we want to leave or move and transition, just not quite sure where, and then like being abroad, being an actual viable option. Mm -hmm. I would 
tell them that, I mean, know your purpose. I think you mentioned that or that earlier of really truly knowing your purpose. And I don't really think that I shared um, my big pur purpose, which was okay. the idea of living a quality life, just yeah. well-being. And I think I did, yeah, uh, making sure that I have a salary package that's yeah, comfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say for you to think about like knowing your purpose. Um, and I would also um, encourage people to know that there's quality life outside the U.S., that there's life that you can travel and you can meet different people, um, experience different cultures, um, and also that, that you can find um, a job also within this realm of like, I think I guess they call them quality schools is what we talked about, those tier mm -hmm. one schools. So making sure that you um, do your research on these schools, do your right. research on all of the um, the location that you would like to go to. I think sometimes we have this made up idea because I didn't travel to actually to the to the UAE before I came. Actually, I just came, and uh, but I had researched quite a lot. I had spoke to people. So do your research um, on the 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 location that you're going to. Um, connect with someone. Um, there's so many Facebook groups out there, so many Facebook groups yeah. um, that you can people and get real life experience, like how, how we're doing right now is kind of yeah. sharing those firsthand um, experiences. So yeah, I just said quite a lot. Do your research, think about your purpose um, and just know that there's just such a quality life, not even just here in the UAE, but in other places as well. Like like, like, like you just mentioned Portugal a while ago. I keep hearing about everybody moving to Portugal it, and how literally. amazing it is. Yeah, me and my husband actually want to go visit just to see oh. how it is and everything. Yeah. You so, will love it. Those were some of the first yeah, people no. that I interviewed through a connection. Yeah. It's funny how you <laughs> connect with people. Like, it's always been on my mind, Barcelona, Portugal, Barcelona, Portugal. Then I started meeting people from Portugal, like, just like out the that, throat, yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's it. That's That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just, just, just knowing your purpose, like I said, and just knowing that there is quality life out there and, um, also knowing that it's going to, it's going to create growth for you. It may be tough at first, but as soon as you find your footing, it's going to be phenomenal. And you're going to, you're going to really appreciate that you took this step, um, to move out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So I love that. I yeah. I love that. I, you know what? I couldn't even imagine my life without having done what I've done. I don't even know what life would look like. Same. Like had I still been back in Texas, mm -hmm. I I just, I know it wouldn't be this. And oh. it is just like being able, choosing, not even being able to, well, yeah. Being able to make a decision where you bet on yourself it is the best, scariest, <laughs> most rewarding thing I'll ever. Put, yeah. Like yeah. ever. So then when we have these moments of like self-doubt and can I actually do this thing? It is just to reflect on like, you literally moved to a whole nother continent <laughs> on your own. Yes. Go now. Let's, now let's, your let's look at the evidence by yep. yourself. Hmm? growing, helping people, helping families, saving lives. So why mm. would you not be able to do this smaller scale thing? And as I'm saying this, I'm like really kicking myself in the butt and it's making me motivated to do the thing that I've been putting off for like months. Why mm. would you not be able to do this smaller scale thing that's going to have just as much impact when you've done this huge life transformational How thing? How powerful. 
Right. So powerful. Like, oh, I'm about to have a moment. I feel it. Oh my God, yeah. I'm going to have a moment when I get off the call. So yeah. I'm okay. So healing is literally like the theme of this iteration of my life. And so I do like a word of the year every year. And my word for this year that is quickly passing is trust. Mm. And definitely trusting myself to make good decisions, to connect with good people, to put myself out there. And I'm wondering, as a beautiful, educated, thriving Black woman in Abu Dhabi, what do you feel like you need to live a more healed and thriving life? Um, I think that I need to, um, hmm, that's a, like I said, I, I mentioned it a little while ago that like, you know, I'm not as close with other friends as possible. And so I think, and then you also reminded me of my mission this, this year is to, is vulnerability is because Ooh. I have, I have a hard time being vulnerable yeah. and I have a hard time being vulnerable anywhere, work within my personal relationships. And I think that for me, I, I would like to work on, um, creating more of those vulnerable moments within my friendships. I feel like, uh, my friendships, um, I don't know. I, I, talked about community a lot, but I have been wondering how can I deepen my community experience, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm very surface level because of the ideas of being burnt in the past before and um, experiencing traumatic things with friendships. Yeah. And so I have been praying not just for myself, but to also meet like like-minded um, friendship groups that are married. And so kind of thinking about putting, you know, me and my husband putting ourselves out there in churches and kind of being more present there, um, being more present with the friendship groups that I have now that also have husbands as well. Yeah. Um, so I think in order to continue to thrive here, I would just like to deepen my connections. Um, like I have community, but I feel like sometimes it's very like surface, surface level. And I would like to kind of have more of those deeper experiences with the people yeah. around me um but that starts <laughs> with me right? that starts with me being able to just be vulnerable in general yeah. um, so I think that's something that I am currently working on um but I know that that would perhaps have me to thrive more I, I always think about I, I, granted I have never had anything tragic happen here to me um and I have friends that I can call on but it's it's still the, in the back of my brain of like, I don't have that one friend that even my husband can, can like say, Hey, something's going on. Yeah. Um, I have friendships and everything like that, but I want to deepen my, my friendships and to go past the, the whole, the, the surface level of things. Um, and the friends that I, that, that I did make those connections with, they've left. Um, but I still have people here. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, right, right. Whenever we get there, you leave, you know, okay. um, I got to start over. Yeah. I got to start all over. So I think just the purpose, kind of purpose, and then also vulnerability is something that I'm working towards yeah. um, this year. And it's been a lot better um, with me kind of making making those steps, like I said. And sometimes, um, like you said, everybody is not your friend. Everybody is not for you. And you are not for everybody as well. So kind of coming to grips with that yep. and just building these purposeful relationships, like I said, that that just require that vulnerability on my side because I can, I can let a wall up quite a lot. 
Easily. Uh, Girl, I swear yeah. we are like, <laughs> like a little twin in here. Oh, yeah. And just saying, you know what? You can try this out. You know, you've been you've been let down in the past. So when you mentioned that, I, it was just like, oh, that's exactly how I how I am. And I know yeah. I have to get better at yeah. letting people know up for me. I have to get better at um um you know, checking in on others. Sometimes I can go a month without talking to folks and it's like, all right, Ashley, you got to get it together. Like, <laughs> right. You have to be more purposeful. You have to be vulnerable in this purpose as well. And so I think, I think that's what I've been working on towards to um, get better and to kind of thrive in this, this space that I am in life right now. I love that for you. Like, so one of the things I really love about like doing this work, this, uh, this element of work, is that it does, it's not a therapy session, but sometimes it feels like a therapy session Yeah, it does. where it kind of unlocks things that may have been sitting latent for people and myself included. And I, I, I have a, I'm feeling an energy of like in your situation right now that you've really identified goals to be able to set around strengthening and, you know, rebuilding community because it's very hard to rebuild community once you've established good connections with people and then they transition, that's grief. Like that's things that we have to work through as adults um, and then make the decision, okay, do I want to do this again? Right. And it's like, if you're going to stay here, you know, you kind of have to. Um, yeah. So I will be sending you all the prayers, the good juju, all the good stuff. Thank you to you. kind of tap Thank into you. that. Um, and you got to definitely keep me updated on how it's going. Um, and so I want you to share with us, how do we stay connected with you? How do we follow your journey? How do we support the work that you're trying to do in the world? Yeah. So um, like I said, I started my Instagram um, page a while ago and it's just, I'm highlighting different things such as how do you even start the idea of moving abroad and just the different possibilities and the realities of what life could look like. And so you can follow me on Instagram on teach with passion and purpose. Um, and then also same thing on Facebook. I have an Instagram page or a Facebook page, um, teach with passion and purpose as well. And so hopefully we can connect soon and I can share more about my experience and uh, potentially connect you with people that could um, help help you your transition over to um, wherever you'd like to go internationally. And so that's how you can uh, contact me. Awesome. Thank you. Listen, I'm glad that you're doing this work of setting an honest, right example of being able to do the things that we love to do professionally, just do it somewhere else, right? Yeah. And reap the respect that we deserve, reap the benefits, reap the quality of life. Um, just reap the opportunity to, I say this, I've been saying this after one of my affirmations, live like living a life that feels like home and mm -hmm. that's aligned, that makes more sense. That doesn't necessarily have to be where you're born from, right? As we're evolving as people, we'll recognize that we do need more and to want more is not a problem, right? To yeah. want more than what we've been born into or what our community tells us we're only deserving of having does not have to be our reality. Um, yeah. And we, if we just trust ourselves to see that there's so much opportunity out there. Like one of the things that I say on this platform is that, you know, we live abundantly everywhere. Um, and I, I really feel like the more that we are all interconnected, the more that we can kind of widen the opportunities for people that we know and care about or don't know, but get to know. 
So yeah, yeah I think it's go that, go that mind- yeah, I think it's that mindset as well. Like I know yeah. and on different aspects, my husband says, and I say to him sometimes, like, um, we got people say, Well, where's home? And we always say home is where we are with each other. So I think sometimes it's just the mindset of of that as well. So I, I wanted to just make that quick connection. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. I really it kind of it kind of seals it up nicely. Yeah. So I'm so grateful for you sharing this time with me today. I've learned so much. Another beautiful, thriving Texas lady in the world. Um, It's amazing. So everyone, as always, I want to say thank you for tuning into another fantastic episode of the Black Expat Experience. I encourage you to keep taking risks, impacting your communities, and always prioritizing your mental health. Uh, We grow through your support. So please share this in your communities. Make sure you're subscribing to us on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Give us a good review. Um, And if you want to be a guest, let us know. But I hope that you glean something amazing from this great episode. And with that, I'm going to say thank you for tuning in today. And we'll see you later. Bye.